welcome to the Young Baptist Podcast, a podcast committed to the centrality of the gospel and to encouraging believers to be captivated all over again by the beauty and glory of Christ. My name is Clay. I'm joined by my co-host, Josh. Josh, how's it going, man? Dude, it's going well. I like how you say that. From where I'm at, it sounds like you're saying it is. this is the podcast committed to the centrality you know of the what? gospel. I ju- <laughs> and I as like soon that. As, as soon as I... Know. <laughs> As soon as I finished saying it, I realized I said the podcast committed to the centrality of the gospel. That's a little presumptuous, isn't it? No, it's just the truth. <laughs> People need to know. You know, we, we have podcast supremacy. Is that what we're saying? Basically. Yeah. Um, yeah, Josh, I, uh, how was your day? It was fine. Just kind of uneventful, doing a lot of reading right now, preparing for next Wednesday night. Yeah. We had a ton of wind today in Panama City. It was just super windy. And it was a really busy day for me. I I did a whole day at work at the at the bank that I work at. And then I came home and I mowed my entire yard. That's unfortunate. Before, yeah, it was super windy. So it, it made it not very difficult because it, it wasn't uh, very exhausting. But man, that wind was crazy. But it makes me think of all the folks down in South Florida right now. Oh, yeah. You know, the, for the listeners who may not know, we went through a catastrophic hurricane here, category five, hurricane Michael back in 2018, absolutely decimated our city. Most houses had to be rebuilt. I think 80% they said plus could not have gotten an occupancy license or permit. Uh, It was insane. So uh, we know what they're feeling in in some way. I know it's different. The flooding down there has been pretty crazy. And ours was more, ours was more wind. just outrageous. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have a preference on that, but seeing those pictures really like it, I hurt physically watching, looking at those videos and pictures today. It's it's um, one of those things. Like, I don't even know if this is possible, but like I wasn't in Panama city when the storm happened, I was traveling, like leaving town. I was heading to a friend's wedding, but it's like watching all these reports and stuff yesterday. It felt like I had like some form of like secondhand PTSD or something. Oh yeah. Like it was messing with me. The, there's a word that's overused. It's called, you ever heard the word triggering? You're triggered. Yes. Mm-hmm. But what you're describing is actually what it's referring to. That's the real version of triggering where you had something that was that was um, on a low level traumatic in your life that really, upheav- you know, there's a lot of upheaval in your life. And then something happens later that really brings you back there. Oh, yeah. Um, I just remember- gets overused, but that's the actual that's the actual use of the word. That's correct. Just listening and watching some of the reports yesterday, I can just I almost felt like I was because it yesterday was Wednesday. Michael made landfall yes. on a Wednesday. Yeah. At the beginning of fall, just like this. Everything was so like, oh my gracious. And I'm sitting there in my office at some point thinking right about this time when Michael made landfall, we stopped for lunch and I couldn't even eat. I thought I was going to throw up because I had no idea what was going on. Like yeah. just everything came rushing back. Yep. No, it's, it's, uh, it was, it was pretty astounding uh, to see that, you know, and the truth is I didn't have a very good day, Josh. You ever have these days where you're just like, today was not a good day. And they're, I couldn't put my finger on exactly why I think I'm partially, I'm just stressed out, but I, th- I actually started to believe at some point that maybe the, the hurricane actually down there, seeing that news coverage was a part of it. Like it was oh, affecting yeah. me. It was affecting me emotionally in a way I didn't realize at first. Um, but it was, you know, last night we had our midweek uh, prayer meeting service and we sang that song victory in Jesus. Mm-hmm. which we have some folks in our church that absolutely love that song. Um, so I get requests for it occasionally. And we sang it last night uh, together. And there's that line in the course that says, he plunged me to victory. 
which we use the word plunge for a very different purpose today yeah. than they used it back then. But when I was a kid, I used to pronounce it punched. So I would say <laughs> he punched me to victory, <laughs> which uh, has had so much relevance in my adult life because I can't tell you how many days. And today was one of them that I got to the end. And I think, you know what? Jesus punched me to victory. Yeah. After <laughs> like I got Michael through it, but only to victory. i got i got through today got by god's grace but man i really did need god's help today it just was a it was just a stressful day it was a tough day uh but i'm i'm grateful that my problems are largely first world problems and i'm blessed and uh it was a good day by god's grace and his mercy was was there for me but clay you have these problems because you're a sinner man we were all sinners yes that is human beings and Conveniently, that's what we're going to talk about. Yes, we are. That's a great transition, Josh. That was that was buttery. Brother. Just call me Jared, man. Just call me Jared. <laughs> Which brings us to uh, our topics for the evening. We're going to talk about anthropology and homardiology. That's right. Uh, both tonight. Uh, we're getting back to our doctrine series. So I hope you got your nerd hats ready, and I hope you're ready to get learned about yeah, the Bible, because that's what we're learning. going to do. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to get back to the Doctrine series. Some of you have been asking us to get back to this. I know we have a broad swath of listeners, and some of you really like the Christian living stuff more, and some of us really like the theology stuff more. That's okay. We want to we want to balance that out. So you ready to do this, Josh? Let's do it. All right. You have, uh, you have a great outline, Josh, as we prepped for this. So I'm going to let you take lead on this, and I can comment as we go through it. We're going to start okay. with anthropology, correct? Yeah, so anthropology Anth- is largely a uh store for females they sell clothes and uh (laughs) candles and there's like mirrors and stuff like that that's i thought that was called anthropology oh man this is embarrassing (laughs) uh (laughs) no uh so anthropology would be literally it'd be like words about man is like how we could say that if you like the word theology is literally just like words about god so that's what we're talking about. We're talking about humanity, mankind. Yeah, the kn- knowledge, right? Ology means knowledge or studying, and uh, and anth- anthro mean anthropos means humanity, right? Yep, humankind. Yep. That's it. That's it. And and there's the scientific version of this where it's the st- where they study just from a naturalistic perspective, human behavior, human origins, language, culture, you know, ethnics, ethnicity, things like that. Um, they often, uh, anthropologists are the ones who are studying archeology, span things like that, but we're going to be talking about it in, from the theological study, which there's overlap between those two, Yeah, between the theological and the scientific, but we're not scientists <laughs> and we're only want to be theologians, but that's what we're going to talk about is the theology side of it. Um, and so we're, st- what we study it as, as human life, as a part of God's creation, right? What it means to be human. That's a great place to start too, is that. It, with man's origin, we are created by God. We see that right there in the very beginning, Genesis 2, 7, that God breathed and demand the breath of life. He became a living soul. That's that's foundational. And that God created us from the beginning, male and female. Uh, and we were created, humanity, all of creation created without sin. Because we see at the end of Genesis 1, it says that God... This is the Josh Johnson version. God looked over everything he made and he said it was all good. There was no sin in it. So 
Well, that's how we started. We'll find out later. Uh, we didn't keep that up for very long, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, here's a few, few things about man's nature. We're created in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 through 28 talks about this. Uh, and there's a lot of references tonight, Clay. So we're probably not going to end up reading all of them. If we did, this would take <laughs> an hour and a half. Yeah. And Zoom only allows for 40 minutes. So <laughs> uh, we know man possesses body, soul, and spirit. You can see this in Genesis 2, where God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life. He became a living soul. We see the spirit of man referenced in the New Testament in 1 Corinthians 2. Uh, we know that uh, man possesses uh, conscience and will, you know, the ability to choose. We can, like Romans 2, several other passages, even like Joshua 24, 15, choose you this day whom you will serve, places mm -hmm. where humanity is given an opportunity to make a choice. And then uh, we're created to reproduce and have dominion over all the earth. That's Genesis 1. And I think above all, Revelation 4 indicates that we're created to glorify God. That's right. That we are, that for his pleasure, we are uh, and we're created. So we'll just end and start over when that 10 minutes is up. Yeah. So, yeah, that's uh, that's our nature, man. We're, we've been created to ultimately created to glorify God. Yeah. And that's that goes back to why we were creating in his image. We are created to um, to honor him and to reflect his his nature. Uh, and so we were created as a, as a, to be a mirror image of, of God's nature in a way. And so we were made in his image. And so yeah, glory, the glory of God is, that is the chief end of man. If you ever get distracted in your Christian life and you're thinking, oh, my life is about, you know, X ministry or Y ministry, or it's about winning souls, or it's about this, or it's about that. Just remember, um, God will not, uh, tell you to, and you should never feel like you have to do things that harm the glory of God. That is the chief end of That's man. Right. That's right. And like I said a minute ago, uh, it didn't last very long. Uh, <laughs> uh, man fell pretty quick. This is Genesis chapter number three. We're all super familiar with it. And really there were essentially three, three results that we want to talk about tonight. First of all, first one was death, Romans 5, 12. Sin entered into the world, death by sin, death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. Um, and then we see in Genesis 3, from four, verse 14 down to like 18, 19, right in there, that we were cursed. The serpent was cursed to the ground. The woman would face hard childbearing. Man would face hard work. And uh, the ground was cursed because of sin. Uh, there was nothing left untouched from the curse on the earth. Every well, mm -hmm. probably besides the Garden of Eden. Um, and then uh, all men are now sinners. We just read Romans 5 12, 1 Corinthians 15, for an Adam all die. And uh maybe we could talk a little bit on this clay, or we could just define it. Let's just we'll play it by ear. How's that? There's yeah. two possible ways to view that. There's two theories that I'm familiar with. There may be more theories. Um, but these are the two I'm familiar with. You have the seminal headship theory, which would be the theory that all humans were present in Adam in seminal form and actually sinned in him. And then you have the federal headship theory, 
uh, Adam acted as man's representative when he sinned, God accounted that all sin. Both of those would take the assumption of original sin, which is a clarifying statement we could probably make right there. Uh, and because of, because we believe that we believe all men are born with the sin nature that there is uh, Psalm 51. I think it is says in sin, my mother conceived me. Is that Psalm 51? I believe so. Yes. Yes. Uh, and there's, we, and there's other references throughout the Bible to that. I, Job, I believe says men, men are born into trouble as the sparks fly upward. Mm -hmm. Literally the he's, he's basically saying from the moment you, you come into the world, you're born into trouble. Um, and so the, the doctrine of original sin, I don't find to be disputable from us from the mm -hmm. scripture no. i know there are those who don't believe it but in in our experience i know we've talked about this josh i think it's true of your experience but it's definitely i know i can speak for myself it's definitely true of mine those who who want to try to take away from this idea that we were born in sin or that we were born in sinners there's usually a bevy of other errors that follow close behind yeah that even if you're hearing arguments for it that you don't think sounds super dangerous just be very careful. If you hear those arguments, usually there's a bevy of other error, errors trailing close behind. I just feel like if there is innocence, if if man is born in innocence and at some point, even in his early childhood, he loses that innocence because he sins, there's always there could always be the human potential that you could continue to live in that innocence. Right. Like if you really thought about it. Now, is that possible? No. And that's how most of them, I would say, would argue against original sin is that you can't. My, yeah, though I will say in my experience, those who argue against the present, the, the doctrine of original sin usually make the argument from, from, uh, from the conscience. They don't say it that way, but this is how I understand it when they say it. And I, and I, I can't get anybody to work around this, this roadblock that I feel is in their way. And that is this. Uh, they argue from the fact that a, that, that a child doesn't know sin. The fact that a child doesn't know sin doesn't mean he isn't a sinner. Right. Um, the, just because they're not conscious of sin doesn't mean there's not the presence of sin. Um, my daughter is 13 weeks old. She's a sinner now. She, she has not reached an age of accountability, as they call it. And what that essentially is saying is she has not sin is she's not aware of sin. Mm -hmm. So she's not a sinner like I'm a sinner. I get that. That's what we mean by innocence. She's innocent in that she's not has been a, she's not chosen willingly to sin. She's just doing what's in her nature. But that itself is an argument for original sin that yeah, even I where agree. she's not aware of her sin, she's still a sinner even though she's not aware of it. So she's not she's not in an age where she's choosing disobedience, choosing lying those things. But there's already moments where we don't do what she wants her to do, you know, babies at 13 weeks think they need a bottle in their mouth basically 20 hours a day. Um, there are times when she wants that and we choose, you know, we choose not to give it to her and she's yelling, not in hunger. Her, her face turns beet red. She's angry. I mean, if she was, if you put that mentality into an adult body, she'd, she'd ball her fist up, knock me out and take that bottle from me <laughs> because she's a sinner. Like she, you can see that old man in them right at the earliest stages. And I always say that those who don't believe in the doctrine of original sin needs to spend more time around little kids mm -hmm. <laughs> because they are sinners from the beginning. Yeah. The more time I've spent in kids ministry, if there <laughs> is such a thing as an age of accountability, it's like, it's incredibly young for most children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, well, uh, and, and, and that, that argument also goes for those who are disabled, mentally disabled. It's like, 
those people are a lot of those people we understand are innocent from the from the perspective of hearing the gospel like they they don't have the ability to comprehend the gospel that doesn't make them not sinners Mm -hmm. you know so and yes that presents like is that complicated oh yeah oh that's a whole conversation (laughs) but yeah we can talk about that later i'm reminded josh of psalm 8 4 says uh what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him uh when it comes to this doctrine of man it's i feel like this question really gets to to that it's he first asks what is man so out of all creation including the universe and the planets and the stars and the animals and the earth itself and all the plants and everything that's beautiful that we love what does it mean uh to be human compared to everything else in creation because that's what that's what he's asking there and then he says and and why are you mindful of him and why do you care why do you visit him in other words why does god care about humanity so much um what makes us different uh, why does god love us why does he have an eternal purpose for us and what is that purpose um if you've ever had those questions you didn't in the midst of all the doctrine tonight those are anthropological questions that's that's what the doctrine of anthropology answers mhm so absolutely and with all this talk of sin, well, let's talk about it. How's that? That's what harmartiology is all about, is the doctrine of sin. Clay, if you could define sin and use only one sentence, how would you define it? Well, sorry, I don't want to put you on the spot. No, that's okay. If I were to design, define sin with one sentence, the the, there's a Bible sentence and there's a sentence that I can use. The Bible sentence would be falling short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And that's a very obviously strict Romans reference. <laughs> I would also say, uh, because I know what the, I know the definition of the word homardiology. So I'm going to incorporate that here. Sin could be defined as missing, uh, the mark of, uh, God's holiness by transgressing his law or rebelling against him. I think that's good. I think that's good. I always teach the kids sin is anything we think, say, or do that is contrary to God. Yeah. You, you've said that a number of times to the point where when you ask the question, I thought of it, um, <laughs> but I know you that didn't the steal kids, my thunder. That's so kind of you. <laughs> no, but the it's really great for kids because it's, a, it's sort of, it's almost a sort of catechesis for them. Like they're, mm-hmm. they're hearing that repeatedly. So they know sin is anytime I see, or I say, think, or do anything that's against God. It's a great definition. So, I mean, there you go. That's our martyology. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night. Yeah. Uh, no sin. Let's describe it a little bit. It's lawlessness. First John three, four. You just mentioned it's missing the mark of God's uh, perfection and holiness in Romans three twenty three. Uh, first, which, I think it's, which by the way, that the word, the, the word for homartiology, the, the, the definition of that word means missing the mark, doesn't it? Isn't that the, the technical definition of that? It means uh, missing the mark. I don't know for sure to be completely honest with you. I believe that's what the word means. It means missing the mark. I think that's the definition, which, which, uh, the, the interesting, the, the thing that makes sin sin though, is that we don't just accidentally miss the mark. Sometimes we accidentally right. miss the mark. But most often, we intentionally miss the mark. Mm-hmm. We, we are unsatisfied with what God has made for us. And we look to some other created temporal thing to satisfy us um, because 
we are sinners. And, yep. um, and it's, so it's missing the mark, but it's not, it's not just by chance. Um, we have chosen to be sinners. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I can't remember, I think it's first on three to continue here, defining it. It's the uh, transgression against God's law. It's intentional or unintentional breaking of God's law. You mentioned, you mentioned Psalm 51 earlier. Uh, I actually have it here. It says, behold, I was brought forth in iniquity Mm -hmm. and in sin did my mother conceive me. Yep. Uh, Sin is unrighteousness. Uh, Read Romans one. You can see that. Um, It's wickedness. It's iniquity. It's wandering away from God. It's the most cosmically heinous thing any person could do is sin. And I don't think just to kind of sidetrack, I don't think we, after our salvation, I don't think we think about it that way. It's like, Oh, that's taken care of, which is just sin. It's, it's taken care of. Nah, bro. Like it's, it's still really bad. <laughs> yeah. You may have been forgiven, but sin is still awful. Yeah. And it, it leads to a low view of grace. If you have a low view of sin, you'll have a low view of grace and mm-hmm. it'll lead to self-righteousness because you'll, you won't realize just how desperately you needed. I mean, what you needed was Jesus to offer himself up and be murdered and, and tortured to death. Um, that's what it took to save us. That's, that's really bad. Yeah. It's not just, that's not just oopsie. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and we know that prior to salvation like when we get saved we don't we realize it's not just oopsie but i'm afraid sometimes like we just treat it like oopsie after we get saved like oopsie no oopsie didn't put jesus on the cross so we even after salvation we shouldn't treat it like it's just a little oopsie we've just said oopsie a lot on this episode (laughs) more than the rest of the entire (laughs) podcast run all the episodes combined that's exactly that's exactly right uh so clay then if this is true of sin, what does this mean for us as, as people? Well, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is that we ought to have a very robust view of what sin is mm-hmm. uh, so that we can understand what a, why it separates us from God, why we need a savior. And, uh, and it leads, it can lead us to humility. Yeah. That's the thing that comes to the top of my mind on what, on why this is important for us. Yeah. And it, all that's true because of like where sin leaves us before Christ. We're sinners. We're lost, born in sin. Um, Children. I think Ephesians two calls us children of disobedience. Yes. Enemies in our sin, (laughs) enemies of God, slaves to sin, guilty before God, condemned under the law. Yeah. Ephesians two even calls us dead. Yeah. Like you were were dead. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> what can a dead person do about being dead? Yeah. Not a whole lot. Nothing. <laughs> We're blind. That's another one. Yeah. Um, and Romans three eleven is rough. We don't even seek after God because of our sin. Oof. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't please God. Sin is, sin is destructive, man. Sin is destructive. And we see that we see the the breakdown everywhere. Like you, you know, we look at the, if you look at the garden of Eden, you even see like the, the pattern that sin takes, you see, um, you see obviously first the spiritual damage because, um, they realize they're naked. And so they're exposed, they're exposed for the first time to their own shame. 
because they're sinners. Mm-hmm. So you see spiritual destruction, which obviously leads to them hiding themselves from God because that's what shame does. And, um, that's what our sin does. Even to this day, when we're in sin, it makes us ashamed to not want to be around God. It makes us want to run from God. He's the solution. We should be running to God. And it makes us want to do the opposite. It takes us mm-hmm. far from God. The, uh, then you see a relational breakdown between Adam and Eve. You see psychological breakdown, Adam and Eve won't even own their sin. They won't even be honest about the source of the problem. So they become liars right after they become disobedient. <laughs> um, they, they won't own their, their own choices. The, the breakdown just happens. So, and then of course you see um, vocational breakdown and destruction where Adam, you mentioned it earlier, Adam has his curses and Eve has her curses and um, nature itself had its curse. So, uh, and of course we know that in the end, God's going to redeem all of it. He's going to lift that curse in the end and bring in a new heaven and a new earth. But uh, yeah, sin is destructive. Um, what, what happened and the, and the fallout everywhere you look, you see it. We were talking about the hurricane. That's part of a broken order. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, 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 there's death, there's sickness, there's, there's downright evil and, and hordes of men who will, who will surround that evil and justify it and defend it and march in, in force to perpetuate it mm-hmm. all over the world. We see evidence of sin. And that is, that is a product of our choices. And it makes us really, it makes it really easy when we see somebody else's sin to say, Oh, that's evil. That's horrible. We don't see all the little ways in which we are perpetrators yeah. of sin. Mm-hmm. And it's, and it's a symptom of the exact same problem. It's really hard to talk about this clay because uh, on the one hand, it's like, obviously we're, we're speaking the truth here, but my mind automatically just wants to go to, but there's a, all oh, there's been a solution. But we have to stay focused. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I, I want to go there, but well, we you spend your, you, you know, both of us have <laughs> are very public about the fact that we want to spend our lives proclaiming the good news. Mm-hmm. And this episode is really focusing a lot on the bad news. Yeah. Um, that we are condemned because of our choices, because we're separated from God, you know, and yes. everybody, every one of us knows somebody who is a victim of sin and that we feel for them and we, we hurt for them. The harder part is to be honest enough to realize you've been the villain in somebody else's story mm-hmm. and that your sin has costed you and other people a lot. Uh, you know, there's a whole conversation you could have about ranking sin, which I know you and I have talked about before. Uh, is Are some, some sins worse than others? Well, I know that the consequences in this life are not the same for every sin, right? right. If I If I murder someone, it's not quite nearly as bad consequentially on this earth uh, compared to if I... Um, if I just talked bad about them hatefully, Mm -hmm. but Jesus, the truth is, and there is a degree to which both sins separate us from God and make us deserving of hell equally. There is a degree to which, and Jesus sort of, you know, emphasizes that when he says, you've heard it said, don't murder. I'm saying, if you've, you know, if you've hated your brother without a cause, um, you know, you, you're a murder in your heart. Yeah. Um, which, which kind of gets to that point that there's, yeah, there are, there are different consequential levels for sin here on earth, but when it comes to separating us from God, they're all, they're all evil. They're all heinous and they're all destructive. And there is no murderer that didn't, that didn't begin much further than much earlier than that in other right. sins. Like you don't just wake up one day and go kill somebody typically. Well, right? I just literally the other day, I just read a headline. I didn't read the article cause it was too warped. Uh, but the headline said that 12 year old girl killed all of her pets, her parents, and then herself premeditated plan because she was angry. 
Like this is, mm. these things originate deep down within, yeah, within us. You know, and it's, what's wild is Josh, a few weeks ago, I taught on a, uh, on a midweek uh, service of our church on Jonah. And one of the things that we, I talked about was how uh, the scripture does a good job of teaching us the nature of sin. You know, we always like to think about ourselves. If you're listening and we've been talking about sin, you know, you're a sinner probably if you're listening to our podcast, but you probably Mm -hmm. also think you're not really one of the really bad sinners. And as soon as I said that you thought, oh, I know I'm a bad sinner. And I, and I'm just telling you, even I, as I sit here, when I'm being honest, know that I don't think really of myself as that bad a sinner as the other people out there, all the bad people. And those bad people are the people, you know, who really are deserving of God's judgment. And, and that is such a, uh, an unbiblical way of seeing sin. Mm-hmm. You know, in the story of Jonah here, Jonah is doing that exact thing. They're the bad people. I'm the good people. They're the Ninevites. They're not God's people. I'm God's people. And yet while they repent, he wishes for their condemnation. And while he sits in rebellion to God, <laughs> he thinks he's completely justified in deserving God's mercy. And it shows a fundamental misunderstanding of sin, but the story teaches it. Very mm-hmm. clearly, Jonah is the one disobeying God. Nineveh, when they receive truth, they respond to it positively. They they fall in repentance to God. Yeah. And we have to get this, this thing. And, and by the way, that kind of mentality, the, that they're the sinners, I'm not. Um, that mentality leads to what Jonah was doing was ultimately very cultural and ethnic superiority because we're God's people. They're not. How dare God save them, right? I knew God might. He even says, I knew you were merciful God. You might forgive them. Mm-hmm. Um, and what Jonah's real idol was, was his cultural heritage. And you, you see that in the story, because when that's threatened, he disobeys God. He's like, you know, God, I thought, I thought you were for us and not for them. So I'm done with this. Mm. And God has to in mercy and grace, but take him through a lot to get him to go do what God asked. And I'm, I'm a little off in a rabbit trail here, but the point is you, it's really easy to get that Jonah mentality. We're the good people or the bad people. And if God uh, showed mercy to somebody we don't think deserves it, we would be pretty upset about it. But we see ourselves as deserving of mercy because we're not the bad sinners. No, that's a, that's a fundamental misunderstanding of sin. We are all, I mean, we are all far from God and with no hope of, of, of coming near him without a miracle, without, without, uh, without an act of absolute just abounding mercy and grace. Mm -hmm. So, and if we, uh, if we are operating though in that way where, you know, they're the bad people, we're the good people. I mean, you're walking in self-righteousness there. Yes. (laughs) Righteousness that you try to come up with according to your own standards. Well, there you go. Here we have more sin. And, and that mentality that us versus them, probably leads to a, when I talk about societal sins, I think that perpetrates racism and sexism and classism and, and um, all kinds of horrible evils have risen. And what it started with is they're not as good as me. Mm-hmm. I'm more God's type of person. <laughs> yep. yep. And uh, we have to get over that, man. There's well, nobody that even, that even traces itself back to, the anthropology conversation because it ignores the reality that we're all created in the image of God. Yes. No. And it, I mean, that there's an old phrase. I don't know where it started, but it's been around forever. And I've heard it in every every church circle I've been in, but it's a great quote. And it says the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Yep. It's a great line and it's survived because it's a great line because it's absolutely true mm-hmm. when it comes to our standing before God as sinners in need of a savior. and 
as being equally deserving of hell, but equal opportunity recipients of his grace and mercy. That, that is what it means to be human, but it's also what it means to be a sinner. And uh, that means the, the gospel of grace is extended to everybody, not just the people we like or think should have it. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess sets us up for the next doctrinal episode. Uh, we'll go from here to probably soteriology. So yes, buckle up for that one. We will tell you <laughs> all of our theological positions on soteriology. Right, Clay? I guess so. I do whatever you, I do whatever you tell me, Josh. I just work here. Is that how that goes? <laughs> hey, truth is, man, soteriology will will have to cover the basics of salvation, but there's a lot of vehement oh, disagreement about soteriology in the in the um, doctrinal world. Hey, if you if you're listening, soteriology just means the doctrine of salvation. But how we get saved in that process, man, people got some opinions and people some thoughts got their on opinions. that. <laughs> we'll talk opinions. about some of that. It'll be fun. Maybe we get some of those people with those opinions on the show. That'd be great. That would be a lot of fun. Hey, maybe we'll have some awesome guests to share their opinions from their perspective with us. I'm not saying they're wrong. You're not saying they're wrong. But I'm not but, saying they're right either. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> hey, we'll let we're <laughs> we report, you decide. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, you think anything else, Clay? Josh, I think I'm good, man. All right. Well, you bunch of sinners, thanks for listening to our show. We really appreciate you guys. (laughs) And uh, thanks for supporting us. It's late where it's kind of a late night where we're recording. Well, it's not really that late. It's 8.20 p.m. But it just I still want to say it. Go to bed, sinners. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There it is. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Young Baptist Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, we'd love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Young Baptist Podcast. Pod. Also, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review wherever you consume the content. Be sure to check out our website, theyoungbaptistpodcast.com, for more resource recommendations and to join our YBP community. Yeah.